Welcome to The Workplace, a podcast by Cal Chamber. I'm Matthew Roberts, the Labor Law Helpline Manager and Employment Law Counsel with the California Chamber of Commerce. On deck for us today is a discussion about worker scheduling and flexibility. Uh, Beyond the health and safety measures that we've experienced and have implemented throughout the pandemic, there's at least one more enduring factor we're starting to see for our workforce. And there's this mutual agreement with employers and employees about trying to find some kind of flexibility in our work hour scheduling in order to provide as much flexibility as possible for getting the work done, as well as meeting the needs of our employees in this ever-changing dynamic uh, that we've had since the pandemic started. Recent polling conducted by the chamber shows that there's really this overwhelming desire to allow for a mutual agreement in terms of flexibility. Some of the examples that we saw include 88% of respondents supporting changing overtime rules to allow for individual alternative workweek schedules, a situation where an employee and an employer can come together and just design a work week that works for them. Uh, 82% support allowing employees to take their rest periods whenever they want, which we know currently isn't the case uh, based off court decisions. And 80% support allowing employees to forego meal periods if the employee chooses to allow them to go home earlier. Again, this doesn't uh, jibe very well with our rest and meal break rules um, under our wage and hour laws. And so unfortunately for everyone, as you can see, the California's labor code, which drives substantial litigation in California, is both inflexible and behind the times. Even more unfortunately for us, the legislature's most recent overtime proposal creates a more costly, inflexible schedule. To discuss this proposal, as well as other alternatives that the chamber supports, we welcome back Cal Chamber's policy advocate focusing on employment issues, Ashley Hoffman. Ashley, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Matt. Good to be here again. Excellent. So, Ashley, you know, the proposal I alluded to there in the intro is designated Assembly Bill 2932, and it looks like it could create an incredibly costly new way to calculate overtime for workers that would severely overburden employers. Ashley, walk us through what AB 2932 proposes to do. Sure. So AB 2932 changes the 40-hour overtime requirement to 32. So it drops it down by eight hours. So when you're talking about kind of a classic nine-to-five employee, that would mean that if you had them work uh, on that Friday, right, that fifth day, you would owe them overtime for that entire day. Um, On top of that, the bill contains a provision saying that you would have to keep their compensation the same. So how a lot of our employment attorneys are interpreting that would mean that you have to pay them the same amount that they would normally earn at 40 hours at 32 hours. So for example, if someone makes like $20 an hour, um, so they make about $800 after 40 hours of work, they would now be owed that 800 after 32 hours. So what this means is that you're actually also increasing the hourly rate. So in that example, you're increasing it to $25 an hour. And then if you need them to come in that fifth day for overtime, that number becomes 37.50 an hour, which is an 87.5% increase, which is tremendous. Yeah, and that's really, I think, a highlight that um, is missed in this bill because it doesn't really talk about it as much as what that overtime rate would do. It, it says, as you say, uh, you need to make sure they're making the same amount of money in 32 hours as they were in 40 hours, but it raises that overtime rate. Your example at $20 per hour would normally be $30 per hour for overtime rate, right? 1.5 times their their regular rate. Um, and as you highlight, when you go to 25 as their normal rate, then their 1.5 times goes up to 37.50 for their overtime rate, um, which makes overtime even costlier. Um, 
this bill seems to have potential for incredible economic and operational impacts on employers. What specifically are our concerns about the bill, obviously beyond the economics? Yeah, you know, so obviously there's economics, right? There's a cost of it, but then it also puts employers in a really tough position. Do you pay out this extra money or do you try and hire more people so that you're not having anyone working more than 32 hours? But as I'm sure all of our listeners have experienced, we are absolutely still going through a labor shortage right now. I've heard many stories from members who cannot get people um, to apply or they have even hired some people only to have half of them show up. Um, So it's a very difficult time to hire. And so this alternative of having other people on staff to cover after 32 hours is is just really not an option for a lot of people. So this is really why I think we call it a job killer here at the chamber, right, is that this economic analysis backs us up um, in terms of the amount of job losses that you may have because overhead increases um, and not enough workers available. And maybe you can go into a little bit more detail about what that economic analysis looks like for us. Yeah, so we had an you know an independent firm, um, Encina Advisors, do an economic analysis, um, and they showed that between three hundred forty thousand and one point zero two million jobs would be lost as a result of this. Um, another you know issue to point out is that doesn't even necessarily maybe factor in some of the other uh, costs that we're all experiencing right now. You know, the cost of gas. Um, this is sure to increase other things like the cost of childcare. Right, one of the groups on our post letter has to do a childcare, you know, because this would significantly increase costs of staffing for that, probably decreasing the amount of slots available. Um, there's a lot of other factors, too, that, um, you know, are specific to kind of the time we're in right now and, and the increased cost of goods. And this is uh, really going to have a tremendous effect um, on the costs for employers and employees. And something that we should touch on really is that, you know, we have both large and small business listeners here on the on the podcast. Um, Does this bill make a distinction between the size of the employer as to who it applies to? It does. It only applies to employers with 500 or more employees. But it's very important to note that in California, that that's really just a matter of time right before it gets dropped, as we saw, uh, for example, with CIFRA recently. Right. It's it would only be a matter of time before it dropped down to everyone. Absolutely. And there's been a lot of, I think, uh, attention to this bill. I think many of our listeners will have heard some bits and pieces of it. I think you've done a great job explaining exactly what it is. So the question that's top of mind for many um, is what is the status of this bill? Where is this thing going? So the Assembly has a number of deadlines that are coming up. Um, Next week is the last Uh, time to hear a fiscal bill. Uh, That means something has to go to the Appropriations Committee. This one is tagged as fiscal. Um, So really, as of the day we're recording this tomorrow, but it's the April 20th Labor and Employment hearing, uh, but it was not set for hearing. Um, So at this point, you know, we don't anticipate it being heard. Um, You know, it's pretty unusual for something to be heard after that point, um, especially with the upcoming deadline. So, uh, yeah, we don't expect, honestly, I don't expect this bill to move forward. Excellent. Um, As as you and I both know, though, when something makes its proposal the first time in the legislature, that doesn't necessarily mean it won't come back up again in the future. So, again, out there. Yeah, again, out there, if you're concerned about this kind of bill, again, make your voice heard um, in terms of this actual uh, economic disaster that the bill could 
could uh, impose on employers. So then let's move forward and actually stay in touch with the 21st century needs of both employers and employees. I understand the chamber supports a different legislative proposal um, that's titled the Workplace Flexibility Act of 2022, or otherwise known as AB 1761. Um, you know, one of the most inflexible parts of California wage and hour law is the actual creation of an alternative work week. So for those of us where that, that phrase is sort of familiar to us, you know, we have what Ashley described, the nine to five, five days a week, right? You work eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and anything over that, you know, we run into daily and weekly overtime issues. Well, there is a provision that allows you to create an alternative work week schedule that as long as the schedule still remains 40 hours or shorter, you can have situations where they work, say, 410s or the 9880 schedule where they work, you know, nine hours each of these days and then get like a half day on Friday or a full Friday off every two weeks. But it requires a lot of bureaucratic processes and it's not really designed to be a one-off where you can do it with those individual employees. So talk to me, Ashley, about what AB 1761 does. So AB 1761 is a bill that has been run for many years. We have run similar bills um, to no avail in the California legislature, where it would allow employees to decide one-on-one -on -one to have an alternative work week schedule and to enter into such an agreement with their employer instead of having to go through the process that you just described, where they have to have their entire work unit, you know, also on board with that. Um, we've had a lot of members reach out wishing they could do this, have heard a lot from a lot of members. Um, have a lot of employees asking for this, like for childcare, other, you know, responsibilities maybe that they have. Um, unfortunately, though, you know, it, it continues to face opposition from certain groups in the legislature. And this year, like last, didn't even get set for a hearing. So um, I guess much like the four day work week bill, these are kind of test proposals we're seeing out there in the legislature, but not going to see much more of those going forward, at least this year. But again, as with the other one, if this is something you're interested in, again, make your voice heard. Um, make sure you let everybody know that this is something that both you and your employees are looking for, because that's really what I think we're we're looking for with this designation is that employees want this flexibility. It's the employers who are prohibited to do it by the labor code and the wage orders. Well, uh, Ashley, thank you for joining us and talking through these recent legislative developments as they pertain to overtime calculations. And thank you listeners for joining this discussion on the workplace. Please comment, share, and subscribe to Cal Chambers podcast by visiting calchamber.com.